0: Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual Hello and welcome to Countryside here on Manx Radio, I'm Simon Clarke
1: And I'm Kiri Kermood I went along to a very excited Ramsey Dog Training Club to catch up with the ladies that were on their way to Crufts
0: And I spoke to David Brew from ballard Smale, who's also the chairman of the Manx National Farmers Union Crop Committee to find out how they're struggling after the Ramsey Bakery closure and where to sell their milling wheat but first, uh, Kerry, um, as always, the the lamins still going ahead on on the farms at the moment, uh, and. It's, it's a funny thing because a lot of farmers are always different times, aren't they? This is oh.
1: it, and I guess it's governed a little bit by trade and the uh, routes to market and seasonal demand. Um, around Easter time is the demand for the first of the spring lamb in the butcher's shops generally, so a lot of people will try and have a few early lambs around Christmas time. But uh, here on the Isle of Man, most flocks get underway in mid-March, uh, where the we- weather is a bit more favourable, the um At the minute, February's been the driest month for about 30 years, they reckon. Um, So underfoot at the minute, it's very good on the land for the stock to get up on their feet, the baby lambs, and get going.
0: Do the prices fluctuate much uh, from the different times of year where the demand is?
1: Yeah, more so at Easter time. There is a stronger demand and there will be a little bit of a price lift for the early spring lambs. Um, as the year uh, follows on out, September time, you'll see the market uh, dipping off a little bit where there's an influx of the majority of the March-April born lambs um, coming into, into the season there. But generally around Christmas time, there's more demand for beef and uh, lamb will drop off quite considerably into the new year. So uh, yeah, farmers are looking forward to a good year ahead. Uh, price of beef is exceptional. We're at an all time high at um, abattoir prices for for beef product. Um, So, yeah, we'll see what goes, but it's all change.
0: It certainly is, as we'll be hearing as the programme goes on. And uh, firstly, uh, I went to the north of the Isle of Man, obviously, uh, cereal growers on the Isle of Man, and whatever you're doing around a farm, if it's a around arable work um, and uh, a lot to do with livestock too you're sort of planning not just a a week or two in advance it's uh, years in some case and particularly if you're a a grower of wheat which uh, the Laxey flour mill was one of the biggest um, uh, recipients of the milling wheat that was produced by farmers in the Isle of Man and that outlet of course uh, was probably 70 or 80% going to Ramsey Bakery so with the bakery gone I went along to speak to David. David Brew from Ballerkinnig Farm in the north of the Isle of Man. He's also chair of the Manx National Farmers Union, and it must be a difficult period for wheat growers and cereal crop growers on the Isle of Man uh, with these troubling times. It has been
2: troubling times. I think it was almost a year ago, um, maybe to the week that you were here last year, um, and obviously things were just sort of developing then, and... Um, Ramsey Bakery hadn't closed at that point, but fertiliser prices had probably uh, gone up threefold. Um, everyone was sort of scratching their heads, wondering what to do, whether they should continue to, to, to treat that, that milling wheat that was in the ground as milling wheat or whether to try and reduce the inputs into it and treat it as feed wheat. Um, but if you were going to do that, the, 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 that feed wheat would have had to be exported because the markets aren't here locally.
0: But the C- the, the mill and wheat and the feeding wheat—is it the same product, or would you would you have to grow a no. different variety? No, no, no completely different. Um,
2: different varieties, completely different varieties. Um, they've, they've been specially bred for uh, bread making uh, over over, you know. Uh, generations really of 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 plant breeding um so and and not only that so the the varieties are different um the agronomy of growing them is completely different the costs involved in growing them are completely different but you can say for example if you uh, which which happened last year obviously all the milling wheat growers grew milling wheat varieties and all, all the milling wheat varieties, they do have a a, a, a lower yield potential than, than feed wheat varieties. Um, but you you can, if you then decide that that market, say, for milling wheat had disappeared, you would just reduce its it, the inputs into that crop and then it could be then sold just into the feed market. Um, but the problem with that would be that there isn't the markets do not exist here on the island for growing um, feed wheat. So all all the, the the wheat that was growing grown potentially for Glen mills that then went on to Ramsey Bakery. Um, if 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 that didn't happen, which it didn't happen, the market didn't exist here for feed wheat. Um, so everyone. Decided that they would continue to, to to treat the crops that were planted in in uh, in, in the autumn of 21 as milling wheat, which meant that 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 had a higher uh, input cost. I.e., you had to use nitrogen, you had to the uh, the, uh, the, the fungicides, etc., etc., because it's going for human consumption. Um, which basically means that that we 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 have ended up with a very good, high quality product. All the milling wheat growers did, um, but obviously then the market disappeared here because the Ramsey Bakery closed, um, and it, it means that all of that milling wheat now does have to be exported. But even even if we didn't treat it at milling wheat, and it was. It ended up as feed wheat. That would have still been the case anyway.
0: Well, the, you say about the the impact of Ramsey Bakery, with, obviously with the Laxey Glen flour mill, which the mill and wheat goes to. I mean, was that a big part of the market for the mill and wheat on the island? Massive, uh, ab- absolutely massive. Um, w- which,
2: because of that that sort of market, has disappeared um it, it it basically means that that milling wheat growing here on the island for for bread is going to disappear as well um unless sort of you know somebody decides to, to 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 maybe sort of start up a new commercial bakery
0: but as soon as the news comes that the bakery closes and the the um, flour mill would lose 70 or 80% of its of its business mm. farmers can't just go OK, well, let's scrap that and, and put something else in the field because the process probably is underway.
2: Oh, it, it was yeah. underway, and this, this is what I meant. I mean, we had to make a decision whether we, we kept on treating that crop that was already in the ground as milling wheat, which had a, a, a much higher input cost, um, or, or we didn't, or we reduced the inputs into it and, and ended up with feed wheat But as I said, both of those would have had to be exported anyway. So everyone took the decision to to continue treating the the crop that was in the ground as milling wheat. And and I think probably it's worked out to the best because there has been a general shortage of high quality milling wheat in the UK. Um, The premium over feed traditionally has only been maybe between 20 and 40 pounds. That premium at the moment is around about eighty pound in the UK. Um,
0: Just come at a good time, I suppose that.
2: Well, it it's 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 made the economics of of shipping the wheat to the UK a little less damaging than it otherwise would have been if there wasn't that shortage in the UK.
0: Is it viable to ship crops?
2: No. No, I, I don't think it is viable to ship crops. I mean, even into the to the northwest of England, you're 50 pound a ton. If you are going further afield than that, it, it will start escalating higher as as the as the distance increases. Um, but no, I, I, I because basically everything that's produced here on the island, we're, we're producing at, at a much smaller scale than, than the UK um, your average farm size here maybe 120 acres and, and if, if, if you ask DEFRA I think for the average field size it's more likely to be around about 3 or 4 acres the average overall okay you'll have a lot of fields about 8 and 10 and etc etc but average I think is still around about the 4 acre so <laughs> trying to compete say for example even with Mr Clarkson's farm, you know, a thousand acres, the, the the economics of doing that is is almost impossible. Grain is a is a is a world market. And to a certain extent that's what we're competing with here on the island trying to grow arable crops on a very small scale in comparison, but the price that's received is maybe dictated to buy something that happens in Canada or US or or Australia or in Russia or Ukraine. The economics of scale just almost make it impossible. And then when you then have the additional cost of getting it across the Irish Sea, the economics don't stack up.
0: The farming and agricultural sector on the island seems to struggle in all areas, dairy, uh, there's not much in the poultry side of things the the pig side of it's a struggle the cattle I mean it, it must be head scratching to try and think where to diversify to David is it absolutely <laughs> it is
2: yeah. uh, ab- absolutely I mean um yeah yeah I I, I have to say you know in my farming career um you know which which is around 40 years um I don't think I've 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 ever been a, in a position where I I don't really know what to do in the future, um, and and I think there must be an awful lot of people like me just just you know scratching their heads wondering well what do I actually do with this land?
0: David Brew, farmer from Balakinish in Smale, and also he's the chair of the Manx National Farmers Union uh, Crop Committee and. It's a uh, it's a struggle, and that was a poignant note that we ended on there.
1: Well, this is it. There is encouragement here uh, with the agri-environmental schemes at the moment to do different things with farm use, but productive land that that David has. Uh, it's just such a cry and shame. I know that in other countries at the minute they are really supporting uh, the fruit and veg sectors. You know, they're getting behind the farmers. France is investing two hundred million in its fruit and veg sectors. Whether we look at different uses for these these farms are no longer doing the milling wheat in particular there is room for feed wheat but again like David said it's a lot more money gone into the investment uh, of planting a milling wheat crop and the returns will be different and also there's the knowledge you know you can't just go into veg grown if you've never grown a vegetable before Um, and is there routes to market there I don't know what the answer is, uh, Simon, but uh, it's, it is worrying times for lots of the agricultural industry.
0: Yeah, and when, when you look at uh, news from, from off the Isle of Man, uh, you know, you read here that England uh, has lost one fifth of its female breeding pig herd following two years of heavy financial losses. These are new figures uh, released by DEFRA, um, you know, 20% decline. Uh, gosh, the National Pig Association said these figures were shocking. But Mm -hmm. not surprising.
1: This is it. I
0: mean, they see it coming, but they can't do nothing.
1: Well, this is the trouble. The the skyrocketing input costs are really having a detrimental effect and there has to be a point where you have to draw the line. Um, We do need food security. We keep saying it and uh, shipping food around the world isn't the answer. Um, And here on the Isle of Man, we've got a really vibrant agricultural community, but with a bit of support and direction and all sticking together, it could be made better. Um, But it's... It has changed. Mixed farming, the old way, might be the answer again.
0: You're listening to Countryside here on Max Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, we've had a bit of doom and gloom at the start of the programme, Kiri, uh, but to enlighten us all and put us in a better mood, there's nothing better than uh, a good sheepdog around the farms or, as a pet, Um, In most cases anyway, whether to uh, help you get cattle or sheep in, whether to just be a companion or somebody you can just share your thoughts with and cuss at.
1: It's so true, isn't it? <laughs> I'm glad they can't talk back. <laughs> but you are right, Simon. Uh, Sheepdogs are very versatile, great pets and great in obedience and agility. And I popped along to Jerby to a lovely field to catch up with the ladies that were preparing the dogs with the Ramsey Dog Training Club ahead of this big competition at Crufts. So here we are all the way up north to see how the dog training is going for Crufts. Now, Jean, this is a lovely field, purposely built obviously for the dog training. And there's quite a few people here today all getting ready for Crufts. How are you feeling? Um, I'm quite nervous. Um, I'm
3: nervous about the regionals. Um, And then after the interregional obedience, I've got two days of doing the Good Citizen display with the rest of my
1: teammates from Ramsey. Oh, brilliant. So, yeah, a whole group of people from the Isle of Man. It's always great when you've got a team around you, but the individual bit, Jean, now that must be quite nerve wracking. You've obviously qualified beforehand to be selected To represent the Isle of Man and Northern Ireland, I believe. Yes, um, myself and Harry B. We are going
3: as the bee dog for. We come under the Isle of Man comes under the Northern Ireland team, and we are going to be the bee dog for them. And hopefully, Harry B. Will behave.
1: (laughs) He's very well behaved here today, though, isn't he? He's gorgeous, lovely Border Collie.
3: Yeah, he's born born on the Isle of Man, and he's one of from my first litter, so. Fingers
1: yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed. Oh, look at him. He's wanting to say a few words too clearly. Aww. But that said, Jean, what work goes into getting them trained? Like, he's a few years old now. Um, you've obviously had him from a puppy, and he is very obedient, and that's the class that you're obviously in. But what goes into behind the scenes? Um, it's, it, Basically, a lot of the training is
3: is done, like, not on walks and everything, like getting him to come back to me, answer me straight away on the walks. Um, If I want an instant down... You know, all domestic, really. I try and make his training as fun as I can and put it into my domestic so I'm not, like, boring him. Yeah, yeah. And just train him at the moment every single
1: day and hope that he comes yeah. good on the day. Now, now, Harry's your dog, obviously, but there's a lot of dogs on the island out of the Mananan sort of a cheap dog archway. Yeah. You know, I... La- which is very, very haughty here with us as well. She's been at Crufts with one of them. There's another couple of dogs in the field that are your way bred as well. Now, looking at the genetics, how do you pick what, you know, what you're going to cross and how you are? Because obviously it's a great breed to be involved with.
3: I just, when when I read Harry, I I wanted to breed Border Collie that wasn't, too small, mm. but was still fit for function as a border collie. But I wanted a more athletic one. But I also wanted the good looks. That yeah, um, he is very got attractive. The His sister is actually also going to Crufts. Indy. She's representing the Isle of Man for the agility. Um. So Sarah Elliot and Indy, they'll be there flying the Manx flag as well for the agility and. Um, Myself and Harry will be flying the Manx flag for the obedience.
1: That is absolutely wonderful. Now, for people that don't really understand what Crufts is, it's a huge
3: show. It is. It's massive. It's like the biggest dog show in the world, and there's. It's like TT week for dog lovers. There's nothing that compares to it. It's just.
1: We absolutely love it. It's fab. It really it's is. Fab. And it's great for you to be obviously picked in, in this section, but your team as well. I know you've got a great bunch of people up here. and um, They'll be super excited as well. What what does the team part involve?
3: The team part is the good citizen. And we do a display in Hall 3 on the Saturday and Sunday. And that is just basically showing how how to be a good dog owner, like how to get your dog used to the vet, crossing a road with a dog that is not under out of control um, and there's a whole group of us I think we've got 11 dogs we're bringing from the island and we'll put on a bit of a display to music and
1: yeah. make make out scenes for it now I do believe Vary you're you getting trying? in fancy dress for this now I know you love it so <laughs> much and we've seen some great pictures on social media in the past we will be able to watch it this time won't we you will
4: <laughs> um, Yeah. so if you go on there's a facebook page all for, for obedience and kennel club updates and um, it will be broadcast on that on the saturday and sunday and if we're lucky enough and bring the crowds then we might even get a, a skeet on channel four <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know we're in one of the biggest halls there we're right by the main entrance so you, you your first time at crofts you 12 steps into the ring and there we are um wow. on the display team so it is it's really good and you know, we are a great group of friends um, outside of the dog world as well. and um, So to be able to go to Crufts with our dogs, with your best friends, is is pretty special.
1: It, it really is. And I know you've been going a few times now, Vari, You've had success in your own right with your own sheepdog as well, who I now believe is doing a little bit of farm work.
4: Yep, yeah, little Isla Smiler. She's uh, she's done me pride in the obedience world and now... Um, pretends to be a sheep dog she's got all the gear but not much of an idea um but you know she's loving life on the farm um, But obviously we're still keeping the obedience as well and because that, that was her first love sheep just come for a bit of fun, bit of fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: now the theme for your um discipline this year for the team discipline is very manx orientated
4: yeah so this is probably the i think it's the seventh time we've been invited back by the kennel club now to do this display so it, every year we get asked it is a huge honor um and we've got to the point now that we've got great relationship with them that they they give us some trust and let us kind of run our own show in in you know
1: that's brilliant absolutely brilliant
4: there's a scene that you have to do like a controlled greeting um, and it's basically your dogs going up and meeting strangers um so this year where we're bringing the manx flags over bringing the isle of man with us and we're going to put on a wood day
1: wow that is brilliant
4: what a great idea yeah so that that should be fun so manx flags everywhere um and, you know, getting get a bit of the Isle Man there as well. Not many people would know what Timurday is, but hopefully after crufts they will
1: this is it absolutely and also we have uh, Gemma Stockton here Gemma you've have been under the bright lights before you've been in the breed sections now Mm -hmm. they're the ones that we would generally see on the telly individual dog breeds now there is a hooligan running around here somewhere called Solo (laughs) lovely (laughs) looking wasn't him (laughs) (laughs) a lovely looking boxer dog a a youngster but it was your old dog that you were there with originally yeah Asbo. um it was in 2013 so that's like what that's 10 years wow yeah
4: I mean, it was 10 years ago
1: <laughs> and i bet now. you don't forget it no no so basically,
4: basically that section that's like um the beauty pageant oh uh, we'll see yeah of yeah. the dog world um yeah and he got best of breed so he went through to the group and was in the arena on the sunday night which was pretty amazing and he met claire balden twice actually <laughs> a
3: couple of years ago we met her again got quite a lot of young dogs in the team this year and it's a lot of the dogs it's their um first time at Crufts, so we've had to adapt some scenes for them. We've got Harry and Isla in the team who are old hands at it, and um, but some of them were bringing new dogs that have never been to Crufts before, so but the team have all worked fab and put a lot of work
1: in and hopefully it'll be a good show for them. And is it hard for people to get involved? Like obviously they might take a bit of inspiration, see it on TV. You know, how do they get in touch and bring maybe their little dog along to you know who knows? It could be absolutely wonderful.
3: Well, we run Ramsey Dog Club, which is, you can just turn up any week um, with your dog and we take all dogs from all abilities, all ages, it doesn't have to be a puppy, and we run the Good Citizen Scheme and help you pass your bronze, your silver and your gold, and that's what we're doing at Cruff, so...
1: Yeah, be part of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it can be
3: a big part of it, and anyone can be part of it, anyone can train their dog, they don't have to be a for a specific type like obedience or agility you can just come along and get better manners for your dog
1: and within your bit uh, jean you're doing the dog obedience now there's different exercises now how does your dog react to to learning all of these different exercises at home and then performing them under the lights oh god <laughs> 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 i just want to add this in back where i've talked to you before
3: well there's different exercise we've got the send away and um, then they'll break off. After each exercise, I can break off uh, and re- reward him without no treats or toys, obviously, in the ring. But after each exercise, I can, like, reward him, give him a little pat before I set him up for the next exercise. So I do get to interact with him a bit.
1: And does he sense your nerves? or Because I think you feel the nerves. Oh, God.
3: I feel them. And then once I'm in the ring, I'm OK. But before I go in the ring yeah i'm not good
1: how is she very unbearable not unbearable but (laughs)
3: she's a bit
4: wobbly
1: (laughs) (laughs) so what dates are we going to have to look out for you guys and obviously you've got your own um social media pages we can follow but uh what what are dates
4: so interregional is friday the 10th and then the silver display team is saturday sunday
1: there we go. That was Jean Young, the team leader for the trip to Croft, Vorry Horn and Gemma Stockton, who are part of the Kennel Club display team.
0: Good luck to everyone involved in that. But that's it for this week's programme. Good luck <laughs> to everyone. Break a leg in the Young Farmers concerts this week. Thursday, Friday and Saturday Kerry and myself will be there won't we, on Thank the you. Saturday night as guests of the Isle of Man Federation Young Farmers uh, to record some bits with the chairman and the people the winners, anyone who's took part young and old, judges and uh, we'll have some clips for you on next Tuesday's programme as well In the meantime though, we'll see you next Tuesday at 6 o'clock So from me Simon Clark,
1: and me Kerry Kermit We'll see you then, bye 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 bye